In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Our topic for this meditation is mesmerizing. It is the topic of forming your children in virtue. And for this, we call upon Saint Joseph during this very special year of Saint Joseph, imagining those days one day after another of Joseph looking upon the child Jesus as a four-year-old, five-year-old, eight-year-old, and pouring everything into forming that young man, knowing that he was a son of God. As we pray about this fascinating project of forming your children in virtue, we should have foremost in mind how much is at stake. That patient work of formation is laying a foundation of great permanence. Permanence that will last down through the ages. Consider these words of scripture, speaking of the patriarchs, but potentially applicable to each one of you. Now will I praise those godly men, our ancestors, each in his own time. These were godly men whose virtues have not been forgotten. Their wealth remains in their families, their heritage with their descendants. Through God's covenant with them, their family endures their posterity for their sake. And for all time, their progeny will endure. Their glory will never be blotted out. How wonderful to realize that that care that you put day after day into instilling virtue in your children will be passed on to their children and their grandchildren, and it goes on and on. That is why we have to be so very excited about this topic. Excited about the prospect of creating something of inestimable, inestimable value. That is to say, a man, a woman, your children, who are persons of great integrity. It all begins now during these early years in their formation. There are no shortcuts. This task requires sacrifice. It requires a great deal of investment of time and thought. It requires being the real thing. Ourselves, men and women of, of genuine virtue. You might recall those words of St. Paul VI when he wrote, Modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it is because they are witnesses. 
Your children are watching you, observing, and even though they won't say it, they are accumulating your attitude, your attitudes, your outlook on life, your way of doing things. None of you needs to be convinced that it's up to you to transmit these virtues. In no way can any parent be content to drop your, their child off expecting the school to do it. And by now, I think all of you are eminently convinced of that fact. Great things begin to happen when each of us lives our daily life in a reflective way. That is to say, going about our way of working, family life, praying, eminently aware that much depends on our, our way of doing it. We don't simply work or simply dine at the dinner table, but rather we have to realize at each moment, this is my chance to, be, to grow in becoming genuinely Christ-like. Our quest to become Christ-like involves consciously living the Christian virtues. The great news is, is that your children will notice the way you do everything, especially if you go out of your way to verbalize your attitudes. Here's a good example that will give you a, a great big smile, I suspect. During the lifetime of St. Maria, he was in a small get-together, maybe six or eight people at the most in the evening, there in the place where he was living. One of the others there in the get-together began telling a story and did so with a number of pauses, of long pauses. The fact is, everyone else in that room knew how to finish this person's sentence. And after a number of pauses like that, at least one of them hastened to jump in and finish the sentence for that other person. At that moment, St. Josemaria said, let him finish his sentence. And it was his way of saying, let's be really good listeners. You know, I know, we all know how that sentence is going to finish, but let him finish it. Now that takes tremendous heroic patience at times, not diving in, but that's, he, here he is saying, showing with his example, what being a good listener looks like. There's a very beautiful homily given by St. Josemaria regarding the human and Christian virtues. And here are some thoughts from that homily that can serve as an examination of conscience. This may sound like a laundry list, but then again, hearing these words, these names of virtues, can help us pinpoint, perhaps, ways in which we need to grow. For example, the Lord wants us to practice all the human virtues, optimism, generosity, order, fortitude, cheerfulness, cordiality, sincerity, honesty. 
Christ wants us to imitate him, he who is perfect God and perfect man. The human virtues find their plenitude in his person. Well, right there we have a, a marvelous list to, to think about, to reflect on. Optimism, generosity, order, fortitude, cheerfulness, etc. He goes, goes on in another, another moment to say how important it is for us to be sincere, loyal, hardworking, compassionate, even-tempered. Your children need to see how loyal you are to everyone. The absence of gossip in the house, being a loyal friend, compassionate, concerned about the struggles of those around you, even-tempered, as opposed to giving in to, to moods, ups and downs. Again from this same homily, we have to let others know that Christ is alive by our sense of peace and joy in the midst of difficult and even painful circumstances, by our work well done, by our sobriety and temperance, by our human warmth extended to everyone. When lived to the full, the Christian vocation should affect every aspect of our existence. Obviously, going through a list like this can leave you with your head spinning because there are so many things here, which is why it's so interesting to go back and listen to this meditation again or to look up in the writings of St. Josemaria, in Christ is Passing By or in Friends of God, those paragraphs, those homilies where he speaks about the human virtues, a sense of peace and joy, resilience, doing our work well done, working hard, finishing things, living a life of sobriety and temperance, and by our human warmth extended to everyone around us, how important each one of these virtues is. One final short paragraph that can help us, where St. Josemaria says, we have to act in such a way that others will, will be able to say, this person is a Christian, because this person does not hate. They're willing to understand. He or she is not a fanatic, they're willing to make sacrifices. They are souls of peace. They know how to love. They are generous with their time. They don't complain. Wonderful. A wonderful invitation for us ultimately to change little by little in order to give a witness to these virtues to the young ones in the household. As you know from experience, the dinner table is a place where great things can happen if we decide to make them happen. A great question, what is the conversation like at your dinner table? Which begs the question, is there conversation? Do I create an atmosphere of respect, openness, 
and optimism. These days it would be all too easy to steer a conversation towards negativity, towards being critical, gloomy, the world is coming to an end, that kind of thing. And that, of course, spills over into the attitude that the children will pick up. One of the big dangers, obviously, is that the individuals there at the dinner table become engrossed in looking at their phone, which, of course, is agony and is death to conversation. You may have heard of a, a very amusing game some people play typically at an office outing where four or five or six people go out for lunch to a restaurant. And people at this point have gotten so tired of being at that kind of a, in that kind of a setting and looking around and realizing that no one is listening because each person is, listen, is looking at their phone. And so the game is, somebody has called it phone stacking really interesting. At the beginning of the meal, everyone stacks their telephone in the center of the table. And during the meal, whoever reaches for his or her phone first picks up the bill for everyone. It is a great discouragement, a great way to say to people, don't even think of becoming distracted because I want you to listen to what I have to say. Very, very important at the dinner table to teach the young ones how to eat everything that is placed before them. It is a well-known fact that all the mothers of the world have a, a universal trick, which is to say to their young ones, be sure to finish everything on your plate and think of the poor starving children in such and such a country. So depending on the decade we're talking about, it really is a revolving list of different countries. Anything mothers will do to help their children to have a bigger vision of what's at stake. And also so important for, for us to show gratitude to whoever prepared the meal, to thank them and not take anything for granted. In our way of going about the house, of doing things, we have to transmit to the young ones what you could call graceful choreography. In other words, a way of going about our daily duties in a calm, collected way, without rushing around, allowing extra time to get anywhere because they will pick that up, especially if we, if we explain to them what, what we're doing and why we're doing it. That it's, it's not good for anybody to rush around. Another key chapter in this fascinating adventure of passing on virtues is how to study. The big danger each of you could write a book about this, I'm sure. The big danger is your children, each one goes to his or her bedroom to study. And after 15 minutes, they come out saying, I finished my homework. Well, that means nothing. 
we have to make sure, you have to make sure with your, each one of your children that they learn how to study. It's one thing to do your homework. It's another thing to learn what you're studying. Just the other day, a friend was talking about the tremendous effort that his wife went to to sitting down with her youngest with flashcards. It had been a long time since I heard the, the, the term flashcards. Making sure that her son really and truly knew that material cold. That he really knew it. So well that he could just immediately give the answer whenever he saw that any given flashcard. It's a great chance to pass along the insights from this very important website called Optimal Work. One of the key insights is the importance of not only students, but, but us grow, grown-ups. We have to have the capacity to set aside one hour, and during that hour, not allow any distractions whatsoever. We time ourselves and turn off any notifications, anything that could possibly disturb that hour. Because we know from experience that when we concentrate that fully, great things happen. And we learn. We really and truly absorb what we're, what we're studying. Well, the final point for this time of prayer. Our attitude towards our life of prayer our relationship with God. In no way can parents limit themselves to saying Sunday morning, hurry up, get dressed, we're going to Mass, we're going to be late. What the, the children have to see is how, I was going to say how desperately eager, but that's probably too strong, but anyway, how much you want to get there because of the importance of the Mass for our spiritual life. It's very important that they see you pray, that they know that you have a set time each day to spend a few minutes reading the New Testament, that you love praying the Holy Rosary, because that will become part of their DNA. There's a wonderful story, and with this story we finish our time of prayer. It's a story from the life of the curé of ours, Jean-Marie Vianney. The curé of ours grew up right after the French Revolution. The, one of the biographers writes about him. From time to time, he turned to his mother. It was an inspiration merely to see her so absorbed in prayer and, as it were, transfigured by an interior fire. In later years, when people congratulated him on his early love for prayer and the church, he used to say with many tears, After God, I owe it to my mother. She was so good. Virtue passes readily from the heart of a mother into that of her children. A child who has the happiness 
of having a good mother, should never look at her or think of her without tears. But we, of course, can apply those words equally to a father. And that is why as we finish this time of prayer, we turn to Our Lady and we turn to St. Joseph. Both of them had such a crucial impact on the child Jesus. We ask the two of them, Mary and Joseph, give us the inspiration, give us this interior fire to pass on to the young ones all these virtues, above all, love for the Lord. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. God bless you.